calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walatowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about the United States Postal Service. So grab your whistle. And let's get civical. did you know I could count to three in German? <laughs> I did not. I did not yep. know that. Surprise. Quarantine's oh going well. Oh my god, well. I learned something new. I know. I was keeping it in my back pocket uh, for a time such as these, just to sort of yeah. keep morale up. Be like, you don't know everything about me, Arden. <laughs> no, I still you're got full secrets. of surprises. I'm a surprising gal. Uh, this whole, it's a, yeah, it's a surprising time. I, I was surprised... When I was like doing, you know how like when you do Zoom, it'll show you your face first before you like enter the meeting. I am, yeah. look unwell. Like I like I saw myself and I was like, oh no, you know, like I haven't looked in a mirror. <laughs> like no, I haven't I, showered. Yeah, like I haven't. I have not I showered. Ate, I ate. That's why I was like, can we do later? Because I was eating food. <gasps> oh my I'm goodness! Trying to be better, so I have a tummy so full of eggs. And yes. I'm ready to rock and roll. Yes. Uh, I had my my quarantine eating habits have been, like, pretty good. But I, on weekends, I make pancakes. Did we talk about nice. this last weekend? No, but I have pancakes, too. You have pancakes, too? On weekends, I've been making pancakes. So I make, like, a full, like, I make the, a batch of batter on Saturdays and then eat half on Saturday, half on Sunday. And it really has been so nice to have 
pancakes as like a regular part oh, I know. of my life. The the treats that we give ourselves now are just are sad. You know, it's just like yeah. hey, 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 do you want some pancakes? Hey, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Have pancakes. Just, I'm like, sure. Do you know the treat that I gave myself and it was a bad idea? I downloaded The Sims and <laughs> oh, no. and I haven't stopped playing. I'm fully obsessed with it. I literally, oh my God. I know, I did the thing that I did when I was in literally middle school where I make the main Sim me and then I make my romantic interest somebody who I'm romantically interested in, which right now is Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> <laughs> And oh so my God. Bill and I, I are together. Like... <laughs> oh my God. I feel like if I did this, I would never get off. Oh, it's hard. I spent all day doing it yesterday. And like, mind That's you, amazing. I am quarantined with my boyfriend who is like threatened by Sim uh, Bill Skarsgård. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> who I spend my days with. <laughs> I know. I know. Shout out to my boyfriend. So sorry, honey. So sorry. That's so funny. But weirdly, we're not talking about me and my boyfriend or uh my sim bill skarsgård but we are talking about the u.s postal service yes we are i'm very excited i we're hearing a lot about the postal service right now because it is crumbling but there's a lot Mm -hmm. that i realized i don't know about it and i feel like yeah i feel like it's just flown under the radar it's that thing that we've always been like yes this exists yes we all use it but like i'm not gonna invest yeah. Well, you know what? The U.S. government doesn't either. I know. And I, being the mouthpiece <laughs> of the U.S. government, <laughs> I feel the same. But yeah. I kind of, I feel bad for it. I'm just like, oh my God, somebody hug her. It's like one of the oldest things that we have and we just like abuse it and use it and leave it. Like, yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. And we rely on it so much. And then, like like you said, it's kind of in the pooper right now. And, and nobody time, cares. Like, and no, I mean, I care because I know you care. my mail care. has not arrived in, like, a week. Right. It's And, it like, where is it? Nobody knows. But then, like, but yeah, like, in general times, people are like, oh, the post office. Like, it's just something, you know. Terribly that people make not fun funded. Of and I know it's terribly funded. It's not funded at all. It's not funded at all. I know that was the other thing. I was like, what? Okay, but we'll yeah. get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Let's start. Thank you for giving me this uh, with yes, the uh, hist- the history of the department of the postal service. So we're going back. Oh my god. Oh, I'm so glad I'm talking to him. Okay. So some of this is coming from the Constitution Center. Uh, some coming from the website from Representative. Albio Sires and history.com. So the gang's all here. So this first bit is from the Constitution Center. On February 20th, 1792, President and friend of the show, George Washington, officially created the modern U.S. Postal Service by signing a sweeping act that promoted a free press and put privacy safeguards in place. Oh my God, George! He was like, "How are my How are my letters gonna get there? How are we? I have to. Um, all oh. my friends. How am I gonna stay in touch? I gotta ship my whiskey. A, a mouthful of wood. A mouthful of wood. No, and he's no, like, no, I got. No, I, no, I, no. I have letters. Sorry, I've never seen my face do this impression. 
Oh, it's a wonder to behold. It's, it's so a bad. wonder to behold. <laughs> wow, <God. laughs> uh, how Thank is you for all you do. Martha, gotta know I'm okay. <laughs> Sorry, this is just me looking oh at my myself God. doing this impression. Watching you watch yourself oh, is the best. Oh, honey. Oh, help me. Okay. I'm so proud of George, though. Yeah, he did. He, like, he did it right. Well, because, and it's also, it's like, so there's six people in the goat, and, and George, you know, bless his heart, you, talking to a tree is just like, I just want to be able to send letters. <laughs> We just need to be able to talk to if each other. If we can't talk, how can we communicate? <laughs> the country is based on talking. <laughs> George. I don't know where my George voice came from. I don't know. My George voice is also like a dog voice, like an impersonation of it. I gotta go outside. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's not false. Can we get in the car? I it's love not that. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so the Postal Service Act of 1792, according to the website of Representative Albio Sires, aimed at providing more civil rights and helping the country expand. I mean, this is classic George. This is George being like, I'm the man of the people, mouthful of wood, and I am going to make sure that we have civil rights and liberties for land-owning males. Yep. God bless. God bless. It, It continues, under the legislation, newspapers could be sent via mail for a discounted rate in order to develop a freedom of press. Uh, oh, my yeah. God. Uh, like, Isn't I that crazy? Idea. I'll send the new... But it's also, it's like, it takes 48 years for anything to get anywhere in this time because they're all doing it by horseback or whatever. <laughs> so, like, you're getting the newspaper from eight months ago being like, oh, my God, we went to war again. And then, like, <laughs> three days later, shoot, we won the war. We won the war. I missed the whole thing. ever. <laughs> Dang it. It's like it's like sleeping through a storm, really. You're like, oh, it rained. It rained. Oh, bless. Uh, okay. So personal privacy was also considered as the act gave severe punishments for opening mail that was not intended for you, as well as stealing mail from a carrier. Oh my god. Yeah, they get they get serious. They're like, this letter is not for you. It's not no. for you. Get your grubby paws off it. It's the modern day, like, trying to fight against stealing Amazon packages, really, when you think about it. Oh, my God. To to the death. To To the the death. death. Yeah, I wonder what the punishment was. Oh, it's in here. Oh, okay, great. Okay. Additionally, the act also gave the Postal Service the responsibility for creating new postal routes. The creation of new postal routes was intended to lead settlement, expansion, and development across the country. I love that. I love that they're just like, you guys go where you feel is best. Like, I trust (laughs) you. I trust your judgment. You expand this nation. You are the conquistadors. Go. I do do love now that when, like, because I often have to drive from New York to Ohio, that, like, when I see, like, sometimes from the highway, you can see signs that say, like, Old Post Road 24. And you're like, what is that? Like, now I kind of know you what know, that is. It's the, the old post road. road. It was some guy named Jim on horseback being like, yeah. oh, I guess I'll go this way. And <laughs> I guess I'll go this And that was a postal route. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The law also protected privacy by making it illegal for postal officials to open mail unless it was undeliverable. Offenders faced up to six months in jail and a $300 fine. That's a lot of money back then. 
That's, that's a like, lot of money. That's your yearly salary. And that's like the that's the officials. I that's know. the postal officials being like, this mail for Lizzie seems very important. I'm just gonna have a little peek through little and see what it is. I also six months I, in jail. Six months in jail. But I also do love that they could open it if it was undeliverable. Like, oh, looks right. like they moved. <laughs> open the mail. <laughs> <laughs> like there was no mail forwarding. It was like, look, if you move, you stop getting mail. You stop getting mail. And that's mail. the end of it. That's okay. It. Okay, these last two are coming from the Constitution Center. Section 17 of the Act included death (laughs) as one of the possible punishments for robbing a mail delivery person or for stealing mail from a post office. In 1872, so less than 100 years later, Congress reduced the penalty to five years in prison. Wait. I know, right? I love... That's how you, like... (laughs) It is 1792 was like a doggy dog world. They're like, you know what? If you if you even so much as think about robbing a mail delivery person, consider yourself dead and deceased, fully dead. And then like 80 years later, Congress is like, maybe five years. (laughs) How about no murder? Let's just five years in jail. Not life in prison. Not 50 plus years. Literally five years, and we'll call it square. (laughs) Call it square. Well, because they only had six people in the goat, and so they were like, oh, we can't just be killing off the only, you know, the people who make up the United States. So (laughs) our numbers of people that we're counting as humans are really dwindling. We got to keep these numbers up. Yeah. And I love that, like, it's just one of the possibilities. It's like, look, you can either go to prison or we can kill you. And you know what? I'm just going to take the night to decide. (laughs) I'm just gonna sleep on it, and we'll I'm see. Sleep on it. I'm gonna sleep we'll on see it. how I feel in the morning. Yeah, it's bad parenting. It's bad parenting. I it's a bad this. startup nation. I love this. Okay, continuing on. Originally, the USPS was headquartered in Philadelphia, but it was relocated to DC in the 1800s. Well, that makes sense. I mean, like the capital yes. moves, so they're like, well, let's get the post office up here too. You know? Yeah, for sure. Mail delivery and an earlier version of the service had been in place since 1775 when Stallion and the Sheets, Benjamin Franklin, was named as the first postmaster and the Continental Congress paid him a salary of $1,000 a year. Benjamin Franklin had his hand in everything. Everything. He's literally the first postmaster general, basically. He was, yeah. they were like, okay, we need somebody to deal with the post office. And Benjamin Franklin, like, just, like, finished a, a, a night in the sheets and was like, I'll do it. I'm feeling good, you know? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, man. Creating electricity. Uh, I'm going to create, I'm going to create electricity later. And then I'm, uh, and then I'm going to go uh, pick me up a nice, a nice old lady and uh, show her a good time. <laughs> <laughs> what a stallion. Good for what it. You know stallion. what? Talk about a busy body. Listen, you gotta, you gotta, like, those glasses mean something. Zaddy, hello. Yep. Okay. So, uh, this is coming from history.com. While postmaster, Franklin streamlined postal delivery with properly surveyed and marked routes from Maine to Florida, the origins of Route 1, instituted overnight postal travel between the critical cities of New York and Philadelphia, and created a standardized rate chart based upon weight and distance. When did he sleep? 
Between sex. Between sex. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely correct. This is just like, he's He's busy. He's doing so much. He's busy. busy. I'm over here playing The Sims, making Bill Skarsgård woohoo me. And and, and (laughs) freaking Benjamin Franklin is like surveying routes from Maine to Florida. That's the whole East Coast. The whole East Coast. That's the entire thing. Is he traveling and doing this? Is he like... I'm sure he's looking at a map. But still. Yeah. I don't but have still. a map. A I don't even know where Google Maps is on my phone anymore. I mean, what's the point? I can't leave the I house. I can't leave. I can't no. leave the house. No. Oh, man. Good for Ben. I respect yep. him. I respect him. Okay, let's see. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is also... <laughs> so this is also coming from history.com. Benjamin Franklin was fired for opening and publishing Massachusetts Royal Governor Thomas Hutchinson's correspondence. Yeah, Ben, you broke your own rule. They didn't put Ben to death. They did, uh, this but was, this was, I guess this ben... was pre-death penalty. Yeah. And this <laughs> is pre-death penalty. But also, how do you like, be like, mm-hmm. oh, publishing. Oh, my gosh. Right. Talk and then how do you put Ben receipts. Franklin to death? I know. You can't put. I mean, he's literally the only one. They're like, well, he made the roots, you know. Right. I have a feeling he's going to discover electricity soon. Also, we right. can't lose that stallion in the sheet. The women will revolt. My wife is crazy for uh, him. We, yeah, you know, got to keep the ladies happy. Yeah, give the ladies what they want. Oh, my gosh. What a shady thing to do. What a shady little bitch. Benjamin I want to know more about. I know. I want to know more about that story. Like, is there fighting? Is this like a Cuomo de Blasio type situation oh, sure. where there's a lot of hatred and anger and shade being thrown across? Oh, like, I'm sure I that know if what this was about. If like literally Ben was like, oh, my God, this one is from the Massachusetts royal governor, Thomas Hutchinson. I'm going to open it. And then he reads it and he's like, oh, my God, you'll never believe what this says. I'm going to publish it. And, like, it's literally like he's a mean girl. Benjamin Franklin's yeah. a mean girl, and we respect yeah. her for it. Yeah. Okay. Continuing on, the Articles of Confederation, which preceded the Constitution, also made it clear that the government, quote, shall also have the sole and exclusive right and power of establishing or regulating post offices from one state to another throughout all the United States and exacting such postage on the papers passing through the same as may be. Was it to yeah. defray the expenses of said office? What a bad sentence! It's very old timey. It's exactly what we love to see uh, from the Articles of Confederation, and I'm sure yeah. I've read this sentence before, and I get, could not say the words that I couldn't say this time that time, but because uh, <laughs> I'm nothing but consistent. But I love it. In like yeah. seventeen and pre pre constitution, they were like, guys, we gotta get the mail. We gotta, we gotta get, get the, the mail. mail from point A to point B. Otherwise, who? Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? It would be like if the telephone lines were down across the country, oh, yeah. and my lord, we would die. We would all die. We would perish. Yep. So, in Article One, Section Eight of the Constitution, it gave Congress the ability to quote establish post offices and post roads. End quote. Yep. That means that's it. That's just. <laughs> I love it. You know, I love it when they really, it's they, four words or less. 
whittled it down. They were drunk and they were like, oh, shit. Post offices, right. Uh, Yeah, okay, so it gives us the right to establish post offices and roads. Love it. Because the horses need something to go because on. Because we can't just not have the roads. Not we can have roads, another yeah. pint. You know, that's what that was. So that means not only does Congress have the power to create a postal system, it has the ability to acquire and control the land for the, quote, post roads to carry mail and the buildings needed to maintain the system. So this is all, yeah. this is, I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but like, the it's in the Constitution. The government created this, this entity. Yeah. And yeah. so when we talk later about how it's funded, I'm just going to blow my brains out. Yeah, because I'm gonna blow my brains it's out. mandated. Right. It's, it's mandated. It's a, it's a mandated constitutional right, yes. you could say. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we're talking about where is it? Where does it come from? And it's the Constitution. Like, what did our founding fathers intend? They intended for a government-run post office. Granted, succinct, yeah. but it's there. It's there. It's there, it's there totally in there. the black and white on the parchment. On the parchment. They put pen to parchment, and you know that's all we ask for. That's all we ask. Clear clear words, pen to parchment. Yeah. All right. How does it work? Tell me what they do. Okay. This is what the USPS, the United States Postal Service, does. Aside from delivering mail and packages and selling postage, the United States Postal Service does many other things. Oh, my God. She's a multi-hyphenate. She's a multi-hyphenate. She is a singer, dancer, actor. I love that. Writer. Director. Performer. Uh, <laughs> You're like, how many multi-dimensions can I think of? How many can I think of? So these are all things that they say they do on the website. And I think I've experienced all of these. They will process your passports or like help get your passport application on the way. So you can apply for your passport at many post offices around the country. And the United States Postal Service will forward your application to the State Department. Mm-hmm. And some locations will even take your passport photo. I got mine done in a post office in New York City, and they took my photo, yes. and they did it for me. And it yes. was, I mean, they did it. And I was like, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So they also do election mail. States and localities are increasingly using mail in the election process. Mm-hmm. Election mail is any item mailed to or from authorized election officials that enables citizens to vote. So like absentee ballots. Yes, absentee ballots or just like like when Oregon, like Oregon votes by mail. Oregon, you did this again. Are you unwell? Can you blink twice if you are in distress? Is this a habit? Do you say Oregon? Stop the episode. Let's hash this out. (laughs) I gotta stop recording. I think I must say Oregon. I feel like you say Oregon and I don't, isn't it Oregon? Am I great? I mean, I'm not anybody to talk about pronunciations of words. I can't read as we know. I have mild dyslexia, but I swear to God it's Oregon. 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 I mean, you I think it is. I think it is Oregon. I don't know why You've I always say Oregon. Or- Look, my mom says mayonnaise instead of mayonnaise. <laughs> And it's disorienting. Oh my god, that's great! Wait, how does she say it? Mayonnaise, mayonnaise, mayonnaise. like Mayan, like Mayans, mayonnaise. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. And I'm like nobody, like maybe her mom says I don't know, but like nobody, like our family doesn't say that. Like 
my dad, so my sister funny. and I don't like, we grew up on mayonnaise. And then when I was like 17, she dropped a mayonnaise and I was like, what the <laughs> f- are you talking about? <laughs> mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Oh my God, I'm using that. Oh my God. Like, that's oh my so goodness. good. That's okay. so amazing. So Oregon. Oregon. Yes. Oregon. That does like all mail in, right? Yeah. It's all mail in. Yeah. So that's like so absentee voting, and then like regular ballots. If this, if your state or locality does uh, election by mail, and then also like the registration for voting, like New York is just you have mail in your registration card right. if you yeah, don't yeah. sign up for it with your license. So there's that, and then political mail. Oh gosh, they also do political mail is an easy and cost effective way to create material promoting political candidates, referenda, or campaigns. Political mail is sent via first-class mail or standard mail. Right. So, yeah. So, they those are other things that the post office does. Love and that. they've talked about adding, like, like there's been some notion of, like, let, let's make it, like, a place where people can bank so they yeah. could get, like, money orders. They could get, right. you know, stuff like that because it's they're everywhere and a lot of people don't have access to that kind of stuff. Right. Right. So, there's been talk of that. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Hey guys, it's Lizzie. I'm here to tell you about Let's Get Civical sponsor, Best Fiends. Best Fiends is an adventure mobile puzzle game that you can play right on your phone. And it's amazing because you can go through all of these challenging puzzles and levels that actually engage your brain, but it's a casual game that anyone can play. I, as you all know, have been playing this game for weeks now, and I am at a level 100. And if any of our listeners are also playing, please DM me. Let me know where you are in the game so we can compare our scores. And you will never get bored because Best Fiends updates this game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. If you're like me and you've been looking for a way to fill your days, look no further than Best Fiends. It has really made my day brighter and I know that it will make yours too. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Okay, let's do this part was unexpected. Uh, I did not expect to come across all of this stuff in my research, but I did. And it was so fun. And I'm really excited to talk about it. And I've titled this section Accoutrements. Accoutrements? Because A, I've been doing Duolingo and brushing up on my French. Great. And B, like, there's just so many things in this little section and I didn't know what else to call it. But it's like all of the stuff. All the stuff. They got stuff. They got stuff. And like the post office. Stuff. She has stuff. And the post office really, I mean, they were serious about developing the system. And then the record keeping seems to have been very, very good. I love that. That's all they could do back then. They were like, well, let's just just write it down. Let's write it down. Let's write, write it, it down. down. We're not, we're, we have a law. Let's just write everything down. The history of the post office. Yeah. But the, so we're going to talk about like 
the letter boxes oh. and the they they used to have like whistles oh my that God. they carried around merch. and door knocker. Yes, they had merch. It's literally, they had merch they have- this is accoutrement slash merch for the post- so merch. They and then like they have obviously uniforms, but there used to be like markings on the uniforms that meant certain things. And like it was just, I found this all super interesting, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Great. Okay. So we're we're gonna start with this is all coming from the uh, United States Postal Service website, specifically the United States Postal Service historian. Historian. So letter boxes. So quote: Small letter boxes for the deposit of U.S. mail first appeared on the streets of American cities in the late 1850s <laughs> when they were attached to lampposts or buildings. When it literally showed up on the streets. I thought like yeah. metaphorically, <laughs> like she showed up on the streets and na 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 na. But no, they literally, like, <laughs> boxes just started appearing. They were uh, just like, there we go. Love that. In the 1890s, f- larger freestanding package boxes were introduced nationwide, which evolved into today's standard collection box that we see, like the blue the ones. The blue ones, yeah. The first known collection boxes appeared in New York City, though, in 1833. That's literally so early. It's very, very early. Like, a full almost, like, 20 years before they were common in any other place. In 1833, New York City's letter carriers placed boxes along their delivery routes. The carriers collected letters from the boxes every day except Sundays at 1 o'clock. God bless. God bless. And took them to the post office for a fee of two cents each. The boxes were removed a few years later, quote, greatly to the annoyance and inconvenience of the citizens living at a distance of two or three miles from the post office, close quote. Yeah. So they were like, they had collection boxes in the city, and instead of, like, you or I walking to our post office, because that could be a hike, Well, right? it is. You know, the annoyance, yeah. Yeah. Or taking... It's, like, annoying now to go to the post office. I know. I don't have one that's I couldn't, nearby. It's it's a walk. It's a walk. And so, I, like, they... Sure, like, set up collection boxes. Also, like, it's a lot to carry around. Like, what are you going to go do? Go door to door to everybody and be like... Do you have mail today? No? Great. See you tomorrow. Like, that's insane. So they had these collection boxes, and then the letter carriers would just go and pick up the mail like they do now and take it to the post office. However, at various times, the postmaster general approved collection boxes along the way of certain routes. So they took them, they took the collection boxes away, and then, like, kind of individually, certain carriers would go to the postmaster general and be like, hey, hey, knock on your door. Um, Hey, we need those back. You got to put it back. You got to put it back. You got to put it back. And the postmaster general will be like, okay, for you, sure, on your route, that's fine. If you ask, you ask nicely, you can have it. And then by 1852, quote, the carriers of the New York City post office again collected mail from boxes inside shops and other businesses. Hundreds more collection boxes were installed in New York City in 1855 with collections made four times daily. So it started slow. They were like, we pick it up at one o'clock, be there, be square. Like, if it's not there, it's got to go next day. And then they took those away, and then they gave them back. And they were like, okay, now for, let's go. Let's, let's go. Now crazy. we're on it. Yeah. Yeah. And they really, like, went full hog. I love that. Yeah. Over the course of the mid and late 1800s, various, this is clearly my writing, various dudes were given patents for different designs of collection boxes. Love. I literally started, I know, I literally started to, like, put all of these things in there, and I was like, this is, I am the only one who- no care yes. i would have been like arden <laughs> we are skipping it 
Because it was like, I just, but it's hysterical. You should like look at these photos because they got patents for like, like the first one, one of the first ones that was, that was developed was like the rounded ones that yeah. we know now that has like the dome and the door. Like one of the first ones developed and then other people started being like, I can get in on this. It's yeah. like, it's like the marijuana stores were like, sure. somebody was like, oh, this is a smart idea. And then everybody was like, oh my God, pot let's stores. Yes, yes, let's yes, 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 let's, cap- yes, let's yes, go. Yes. And so like there are just patents for various types of mailboxes. Good for them. And not even like mailboxes, like the collection stuff because right. they were, wor- the collection boxes, they were worried about people stealing mail. Like if you drop it in there. Like, you can't just put out a basket, right? Like, somebody's going to take that mail. Right, right, right. So they had to come up with different things. Anyway, so a bunch of people got uh, patents for different kinds of boxes. Until collection boxes became ubiquitous, though, customers were often forced to travel potentially miles to the post office or leave mail with restaurant shops and cafes for pickup. Ugh. I know. The version of the large collection and drop boxes that we know now came about during the 1920s. Roaring! They were like, you know what? We are having a great decade. So what we're going to yeah. do is we're going to just solidify these collection boxes. It's been going on we're long gonna, enough. We got booze. We're good. Let's we go. Booze. We're good. A bunch of drunk people being like, like, wait, what? we never did this, you know? Yeah. The problems with pickup and delivery were worse out in rural areas. Sure. Of course. I mean, yeah. Of course. In 1896, the Rural Free Delivery, also known as the RFD, Became uh, began as an experiment. Some customers used out in the rural, you know, the ruralness of America used homemade wooden boxes as mailboxes. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, they really were like DIY. Homegrown. DIY. Others used old cigar boxes, soap and feed boxes, drainage pipes. Okay. And section, yeah, and sections of stovepipe and other salvaged items. Many farmers were reluctant to invest in. Fancy new mailboxes while the rural free delivery was an experimental service. Smart. Smart. Yeah. They were like, we don't trust y'all. I don't trust. I mean, after, I mean, you put it there, you take it away, you put it there, you take it away. You're, you're, you're wishy-washy. Yeah. You're wishy-washy. We can't, we can't. I'm you not don't want to commit? I'm not going to commit to you. You got. I, I'm there. Absolutely. You got to prove to me. Absolutely. You got to prove to me. It's worth it. Got to prove to me. And then in 1902, the RFD, the Rural Free Delivery Service, became a permanent service. But it was replaced in 1913 with the parcel post. Okay, so it lasted 10 years. <laughs> lasted 10 years, which is, and now we still have the parcel post. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And then United States Postal Service recommended but didn't require a standard size mailbox until 1929 when it required that all mailboxes be the number two mailbox, which is the one that's like the domed one that we That like, we know. The one my mother has that has the, I mean, I don't think it had a flag on it, but it had the door. And yeah, yeah. That's U.S. mail on it. Before then, quote, many rural mailboxes could hold only the smallest packages. One Maryland carrier complained that some boxes on his route were not big enough to hold a mail order catalog, let alone merchandise. Okay, merch. Merch. If a package was too big and the customer did not live within hailing distance, carriers were instructed to leave a notice in the box asking the customer to meet him at the mailbox the next day. Murder. Murder. This is how murder. people get murdered. Hey, Child uh, abduction. Hey, Bill. Right here. Will you meet me at the tree <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> at dawn? <laughs> like, no. 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 <laughs> no. Stranger danger. Um, 
danger, stranger danger, a white van situation if there ever was one. Sure. This system was not ideal. Nope. I would say not. Carriers sometimes hold around the same packages for days. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. Oh, I love this. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so excited. So This is my favorite part of this episode. Continuing on with accoutrements and merch, uh, letter mm-hmm. carriers, whistles, and door knockers. So this is Hell also yeah. USPS. So uh, this is coming from USPS. Postal workers had a hard time delivering to people and often spent time waiting at doors. Oh, my God. They're just, like, sitting there being yeah. like, come on. <laughs> They're just bored. <laughs> They're just bored. They're like, hello? Hello, anybody? Are anybody you, home? Are you here? So, okay. quote, initially carriers hand-delivered mail to city customers. To alert customers that they had mail, the carriers would knock or ring at doors or whistle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, any excuse to bring back my impression of the whistle from Titanic. That's so good. Oh, oh God, that was great. I love it. I had, I had a flat, like, I, you put me there. I could see it. I'm I there. She's in the water. She's in the water. Jack could have gotten on that Jack. damn door. Is anybody on the Can anybody hear me? This is what the, the postal service people are doing. The postal. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay. One postal worker in Ohio in 1899 spoke fondly of the addition of the whistle, saying, quote, Since our present postmaster took charge of the office, we have employed the use of whistles on our routes and find it an excellent thing and saving to us daily of at least half an hour. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just half an so hour much waiting. time around. just waiting. Oh, man. And it's so crude. It's just a whistle. It's just like, yeah, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. An article printed in the August 1893 edition of the Postal Record lays out the signal calls and codes for whistling when a postal worker arrives at. Okay. This is my favorite thing I think I've ever researched. Here we go. Here we go. Here here is the the whistles broken down. Okay. (laughs) One short whistle. (laughs) Meet me on the steps. I have a letter for your husband. I imagine like Mary Beth inside hearing the pardon. She's like, oh, bad letter from my husband. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Okay. The next one. Uh, so signals repeated is, quote, ditto. I have a paper for same. So I have a letter and a paper. Great. Yeah. One short whistle and one long whistle. So Wait. Yeah. Wait, I'm gonna do it again. So short whistle and long whistle. Letter for the missus. A letter for the missus. Missus. Also, missus is like in quotes in the thing. It's like, I know. Missus. Missus. It's literally missus. So literally missus. M-I-S-S-U-S. For the missus. So, in the next one, same as above, but reverse. So, one long whistle, and one short whistle, is paper for the missus. <laughs> oh, my God. This is not, okay. 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 Start. Okay. Okay. Three short whistles, 
Letter for your husband, in a feminine hand, looks suspicious, better come get yourself. <laughs> the letter carriers were like, your husband he's, is a cheating he's a motherfucker. Dog. He's a dog. Look, look, look it out for you. Oh my God. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> so three long whistles. So <laughs> letter for the young lady addressed in a young man's hand. If in a feminine hand, make the last whistle doubly long. <laughs> <laughs> They're like warning the oh lady my of the God. house. Like, your daughter in danger. Your daughter a in danger. Man She's is writing to her. She's flirting. She's flirting. And then I love the like, if it's from a girl, that last whistle just goes on forever. And yeah. I was like, just uh, end of time. End of time. She's end of texting. Time. When your daughter's texting, it's a long whistle at the end. It's a long, it's a long conversation. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, if the mail was for employees of the house, the same signals were used as above, but they were clipped or shortened even more. I, yeah. uh, this is what I have to say about the whistles. <laughs> First of all, you're welcome. First of all, uh, who knew, who knew that there was such a, a language here of whistling, yes. but like, I, they went to the whistles, they went from door, like knocking on the door to whistling, right? Like, how is it that somebody wouldn't answer the door, but they would answer the whistle? <laughs> like, how did it check? Like, I feel like if the if the door knocker wasn't working, it meant somebody wasn't home. But right. they're like, oh, you know what? I'll come to a whistle. <laughs> and I, what I also love about it. Or they're just, like, in the house listening, and they're like, they hear the whistle type, and they're like, <gasps> It's a mistress letter. I better sure. go get it. You know or, what I mean? or what like, I would do would be like, well, it's for him. I'm not getting up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I do if there's like a if like there's a package and I'm like, well, it's not for me. Nah, I'm not getting up. <laughs> not getting up. I also don't know how they, this saved them any time as opposed to just being like, let me knock again. Right. You gotta like pull out your whistle like, and whistle three times. The letter. And also, it's like, what if you have more than one letter? Like, what if you have a letter, a letter for the missus, and you have letter for your husband and a feminine hand that looks suspicious, better come get yourself. Like, what if you have both of those things? It's not like people are just getting one letter per time. So this dude's out here whistling. It's like, all right, first one's first. Wait, 30 seconds. <laughs> it's like Morse code out here with these whistles. But also, like, you can imagine, like, that the houses were, like, you would hear other people's Oh, I know. Whistles. It's like, is that? So, uh, so, yeah, if, like, your neighbor, like, nosy Nancy is like, oh, the letter for the young lady addressed in a young, man ha- young man's hand just got over to the steward household. Ooh, slut. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, talk about privacy. It's like, all right, you might as well open the damn letter. Yeah. They also, like, ha- <laughs> I also think that they're, like, ha- they know a lot about these people. Sure. Know, like, oh, this yeah. Is lo- this is a lot of information. Like, I know. Well, I guess there's only, like, carriers. eight people. I don't know. But they're like, all right. I know that this broad is married, and there is a letter addressed to a dude in a feminine hand. It looks kind of slutty. The cursive. Yeah. Because, like, what if it's his mom? Like, 
I don't know. This just seems. What if it's his mom? There's a lot of judgments that the post office <laughs> workers are having to to cast. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna sound the alarm for for a letter for your husband in a feminine hand, you better know. You better know that it's like that he's a cheating dog yeah, and a, that his mother is right. not sick and frail. Right. Oh man, that's so funny. Okay. Yeah. Wow, what a treat for us all. <laughs> okay. So by 1912, new customers were required to provide mail slots or receptacles, and existing customers were encouraged to do the same. But in 1914, it was estimated that no more than half of the city delivery addresses had mail slots or receptacles, and that some carriers still spent up to one hour each day waiting at doors. Oh, my God. Because people wouldn't put in mail slots. They're bound to come home soon. Um, Okay. (laughs) At times, postal workers were told to purchase their own devices to let customers know they were at their door with the mail. What happened to knocking? (laughs) Hand to wood. (laughs) I got, I got two, I got two devices right here. There's these fists. Bang, bang, bang. You ever had you ever heard somebody bang on a door? It's it's, it's jarring. It's, it's loud. It's kick pretty it. Loud. Like b- like bash it on the head. You have to call off on? I don't care how you kill the little beast, just do it. Do it and do it now. Oh my god, such a good movie. Oh my god. Oh man. I just like what are you talking? Oh. Okay. I know. I just I can't deal with this. Okay. A 1935 instruction manual, Supervision of City Delivery Service, stated that carriers are not required to carry whistles, but must ring the doorbell when placing mail in a slot or receptacle for occupants of residence or apartments. Okay. So, okay, great. Put it in. Ding dong. It's here. Great. Leave. I mean, it's better than whistling three times and, you know. Yet, as time went on, it became taboo to blow whistles loudly or loudly knock on doors in urban downtown areas. A letter carrier interviewed in 1938 in Baltimore, Maryland, stated that whistleblowing was for outlying districts. He was quoted in the April 2nd, 1938 edition of the Baltimore Sun as saying, quote, If I ever blew a whistle in my downtown district, I'm afraid they might lock me up. Well, yeah, because you're you're spreading everybody's <laughs> business. You're 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 doing the three quick whistles, and, and everybody knows what that means. Boop boop boop. Daughter's a whore. Daughter's, Daughter's a whore. whore. Boop 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 boop. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, the 1945 edition of the Supervision of City Delivery Service made no mention of whistling or reading door or ringing doorbells. So this fell off. So this is what like 20 years of them just like. This went on, yeah, for some time. For some time. Like a good 20, 30 years, they were like, do, do, do. Beep, beep, beep. Do, beep, beep. Letter for the missus. Letter for the missus. And then, like, for the maid, it would be like, beep, 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 beep. Like, there's just no it's sound just like, if there's a letter for the maid. Like, beep. what if you miss the first whistle? Like, you know, you're in the bathroom, you're in the shower, and you hear it, and so you think you hear two, but it's actually a three? Like, there's just so much room for error. Or you just catch the one long whistle at the end and you're like, all right, it's just a paper. Not realizing that it's actually the hussy from next the door, hussy who's, from next door? Who having, who's having the sex with your husband. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
That was, I love that, that was part. great. Okay. Letter carriers uniforms. Yes, merch. Yes, merch, merch, merch. They have changed greatly. Oh, uh, sure. Generally, hats or helmets have been required. They sometimes look like policemen's hats. Like, you know, those British kind of domey. Yeah. Yeah. Policeman hats or a cowboy hat, depending on where you were located. I wonder if you can guess where. <laughs> they were waterproof and made to protect the mail carriers from the outside elements. Yeah. Love. Love. Love a purpose. In 1897, regulations authorized the use of stripes on the coat sleeve to recognize long service, one stripe for every five years. Okay, love. And then I think what was happening was it was just like an arm. Of stripes. Of stripes. <laughs> yeah. And people were like, this is now tacky. So then in 1899, stars replaced the stripes I love as that. follows. How very American. I know. They really upgraded. For five-year service, it was one black silk star. Great. Ten-year service was two black silk stars. 15-year service, and then it keeps going all the way down to two gold stars for 40-year service. Wow. So it was like a star color type situation. Like, you just kind of had to know. Yeah. If you saw a lot like, of stars, it's, it's you like, were like, great, you've been around. Great. How and if the American. stars were like, if they got prettier, then you knew that person was around was for a long legit. time. legit. In 1913, 45 years after uniforms were first authorized, Postal regulations specified that 45-year service was to be designated three gold stars. Clearly, somebody had pitched a fit. They were like, I've been I've here. been here 40. Another it's five been 45 years. 45 years. I and want I another star. Fresh paint. And then in 1955, when uniform trim changed from black to maroon, the black stars were changed to maroon. Sure. Great. In 1975, in the 1975 personnel handbook... Though the use of stars and substitute bars is proclaimed optional, and the maroon stars and substitute bars were changed to dark blue. Okay, great. We're getting great. into our blues. So they're like, they're like, not quite sure what to do with this. Hey, they're rebranding. And then in 1988, the Employee and Labor Relations Manual specified that only silver stars and gold stars were to be worn. Great. One silver star for every five years of service, up to 30, and one gold star for every five years of service, beginning at 35. It's like the military. Yeah, literally. <laughs> It's literally yeah. the military. Yeah. All right. It's time for my favorite part of the show. Fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts. Mm -hmm. So I'll start us off. The Postal Great. Service employs more than 97,000 military veterans and is one of the largest employers of veterans in the country. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. That's amazing. Yeah. The Postal Service is at the core of the 1.6 trillion U.S. mailing industry that employs more than 7.3 million people. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Everybody it's huge. uses it. Yeah. The next one is the Postal Service has the nation's largest retail network, bigger than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Walmart combined domestically. That's yeah. insane. That's like insane. so big. For 55 cents, anyone can send a letter, regardless of geographic location, to anywhere in the United States. A bargain. Truly a bargain. A bargain. 55 cents? Are you kidding me? Sure. Sure. That's so cheap. It's a bargain. Yeah. Yep. Next up, the U.S. mail is protected by more than 200 federal laws enforced by the Postal Inspection Service, one of the nation's oldest law enforcement agency. Yes, the Postal Inspection Service. I love yep. that. Oh, my God. We should do something on them. They sound yep. cool. They're very cool. Very yeah, cool. we'll do an episode on them. And last, but certainly not oh, God. Certainly not this least. blows my mind. 
And we'll leave you with this as we all wait for our mail during the time of Rona. The Postal Service receives no tax dollars for operating expenses and relies on the sale of postage, products, and services to fund its operations. It's like not funded by the government. No. Even though... And I get it. Like, they they are like a, a revenue... Like, they generate their own revenue. But I right. feel like... But it's a government-created... It's a government, like, throw them some money. It's literally, I mean, I've just been reading, because as, you know, if people don't know, the, the Postal Service is, like, in severe financial distress because of the fact that it's only funded by retail stuff, and there's no retail right now because everything's shut down. And literally, the, the federal government and the executive office right now is, like, no funding for the post office. They don't get shit. If you give them bailout monies, not signing it. And I'm like, what the flip are we talking about? It's so, I, oh my God. Bizarre. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. And it's. Did uh, you know what else is coming in the mail? Fucking money. Money. The rebate checks are coming in the mail. Like, I know. Th- that's how I'm getting mine. And you want to shut down. Like, uh, that's so stupid. Yeah. Well, there's obviously like something larger at play that will reveal itself. Like, um, you yeah. know, I'm sure. But. Still, it's just, it's insane that the United States Postal Service, the constitutionally granted entity that used to have, the head of it used to be a cabinet position, is not funded at all. I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying fully. I'm saying a little bit by the government. That the government will not bail out the U.S. That's like, no, we're not bailing it out. That's so insane. And I'm just like, I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand what forces are at work here. Yeah. Because we're bail- bailing out airlines. Yeah. Which are like, they out. have revenue. They do. It's the same, same old song and dance. Right. It's sketch. It's sketch. It's not good, guys. It's you got to support your, support your postal service. I mean, they're tragically don't have enough money. And, like, you know, if you in live good times. in a, in an area, you know, that is in like low income, you know that the post office is drastically understaffed. The facilities are, are a nightmare and it's, it's yep. the whole thing is nightmarish. Like that's just what it is. And yep. it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Because it's like, also like, we all use it. Yeah. Every day we all use it. We all rely on it. It's a service that, that is just like, I mean, it's like the police or the fire department. It's a service that's there because it it's like a fundamental necessity yeah. of being in a civilization right to like make business happen you have to have yeah. mail yeah makes me mad yeah it's insane i'm yeah. like protective over the the post office she deserves I know. better I, I have not gotten mail for quite some time and i like get really angry and then i have to keep telling myself like it's not these poor like it's not it's the poor not her fault. fault they're they're trying it's it, literally it's, not her fault Nobody, nobody time. is helping her right now. She is asking, no. she is crying for help and nobody is helping yes. her. She is standing out in the rain asking the government to help her. And they won't. And they won't. And she's going to die. Ugh. Makes me sad. I want the. Everybody mail a letter. Buy some stamps. You know, know. help out your post office because we need them and and we certainly don't want whatever plans the federal government has for her if she collapses. Oh my God, could you imagine? I mean, I'm sure there there literally has to be some sort of ulterior motive. There's got to be something. You know, they're like, okay, when it collapses, then we can do this and, you know, fuck over somebody in some way, you know? 
Right. Like, right. that's, there's no other reason why, you know, you would just let this yeah. entity collapse. It's crazy. Right. It's insane. <sighs> Makes me mad. Ugh, you left me riled up at the end of fun facts. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. We should have, we should have ended with the veterans thing. Yeah, sure, that is, I mean, and that's great. Yeah, and it's like, these are people's, anyways, I just, I can't do this. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, three whistles. <laughs> <laughs> my my neighbor's a slut. <laughs> that the girl is the apartment for G. She's a hoe. Ooh. <laughs> drama. Gosh, yeah. I would kill for that kind of drama right now. Oh my God. I would be waiting at the window great. all day to hear these damn whistles. <laughs> I'd be up in everybody's business, <laughs> and then see who came out. You'd be like that old lady. You'd be like, yeah. Also, what's going on? Oh, like so, like the one where it's like there's a letter for the husband in a lady's hand. Doesn't the husband know what the whistle sound is? Like, what if he hears the whistle and is like, <laughs> "Shit, I gotta get to the letter." Maybe he's not home; he's at work. Sure, how very, how very domestic. I love yeah. that because it's not. It's like all the whistles are intended to be heard by the women of the by house. by the lady of the house. You're right. It's by the like they're like it's a letter for you for the husband. What about for, for the, the young husband. lady? For the young lady with the young, the young gentleman lady. collar. Is she not home? Yes. She's like, oh no, there's three whistles. <laughs> Shoot. There's, whistles. there's no there's no le- there's no whistle for like um the young gentleman of the house. Well, no, because he can do whatever he wants. Because the patriarchy's alive and well. Ooh. <laughs> Oopsies, so cute. Wow. Wow. What a great little session about the post office. I'm so yeah. glad we did this. Yeah. Guys, guys, support your local post office. That's all I can say. Love them uh, as yep. we love you because you know that we do. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice.